And a very good evening Hello, to you. Warwick. Well, well. What'll you have? What'll you have? Okay. On you, then. I don't mind. Uh, fancy somewhere a bit quieter. Like over there in the corner. Got a story to tell you. Oh? Hmm. Remember the story about mending him you told me? I've got as good a one to tell you. Been hoping I'd see you. Had it straight from the, uh, uh Philly's mouth, so to speak. <laughs> the usual? Uh, Frank, double scotches. Two, please. Uh, there's something ghoulish in your manner this evening, Warwick. You're going to try and scare me? <laughs> Listen and see. Ever been to Borneo? Wash Powder presents Beyond Midnight by Michael McKay. to get your washing really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Okay. Fire away. I'm all ears. I won't make the obvious remark. Uh, one thing, my story, it isn't for sale. Uh, well, what I mean is this. It's, it's given today, free, gratis, and for nothing, friend to friend. But you don't make 200 guineas out of it by saying... I'm not to... that hard up for a yarn yet, Warwick. <laughs> Carry on. Interest me. Your story? It's a wild tale. Two planters, interior of Borneo... And, as usual, there's a woman. A veritable golden-haired filly, only her mane is streaked with grey. And there's a great livid scar or wheel right round her neck. She's the wife of George Thring. At the other end of the triangle is Clifford Macy. The men were partners on a small experimental estate far up in the interior. They'd been at it for six years and were about to reap the fruits of their labours very handsomely. And then... Thring went on home leave and came back with a bride. Her name was Rona, and that was the beginning of the trouble. 
Macy flirted, philandered, and then fell violently in love with her. Ah! Honey, Bert. <laughs> Don't be scared. Uh, what bird? A bird. Why give it a name? A, a bird's a bird. Tree's a tree. Uh, no, Peter. Just... <laughs> How strange. You've been here six years and you can't call a bird by its proper name. Is it a long-tailed cloppet or scarlet speckled ditch hopper? Or... <laughs> Have you a cigarette? Mm. Stop looking at the door. He's 45 miles away. It's all right. All right for you. He won't be back till tonight. We've got all the time in the world. Peter. And I ought to plug that bird, wouldn't I? He messed up our little scene. <laughs> all right, relax. Hey, you're, you're sweating. What's... Oh, sorry, madam. Perspiring. But you can see I wasn't brung up like you. Decent with tablecloths and pretty china. The vicar to tea on Sundays. You don't do things by halves, do you? When you drink, you want to fight. When you love... I go all out. Marry me, Rona. I've already got one husband. I'm not a woman. Oh, you know what I mean. Let, let's clear out. The plantation. The plantation can go and... You'll be sorry tomorrow morning. Never. All that money. I like you, Peter. Thanks. And I want to be friends with you. Look, the other night on the river, that was more than friendship, Rona. Oh, the words you said then... The worlds we inhabited. Friends? Friends, yes, we were friends, but more, more. Or were you pretending, playing a game? No. Yes, I... No. But... Peter, I, I don't know. I can't decide. Well, well that's too bad. You, you've got to. Don't shout. If I want to shout, I'll bally well shout. Never. Are too busy sorting out their own love problems. Rona. Oh, no. I want to finish my cigarette. Do you like a drink? No, I don't want to finish your cigarette. I don't want a drink either. I want... Mm. I want... She fell between two stools, you see. So many women of a certain type do. She began by being just friendly and kind, cheering the lonely man up, and drifted into the eternal game of all womankind, flirting. And then... Well, too late she realized she couldn't put the fire out. Either hers or Macy's. Thing was, in many ways, easygoing. But at the same time, possessed of a curiously intense strain of jealous possessiveness. He was generous, too. If asked, he would gladly give away his last shirt or crust. But let him think or feel that his rights were being taken or curtailed, and he was a tough customer with rather primitive ideas. Macy made no attempt to hide his feelings. The woman was sitting on a volcano. For her husband, of course, became suspicious. He watched, though, with the cunning of an iguana. Frodo? 
frighten me. All right. Mm. Oh, rain, rain, rain. Slowed down the work on the plantation, hasn't it? Would it lose us much money? No, not much. You're uh, not looking well. Looking well? I said not looking well. You know, darling, this this rainy spell is getting us all down. Why don't you go home for a while? Home? Yes, my love, home. Hampshire in June. Can't you imagine it? It's only been 18 months. Long, cool evenings on the downs. The sea at Bournemouth. Concerts at Portsmouth. Oh, Jack wrote to say the Royal Philharmonic is coming. Oh, you love music, Rona. There's no chance here. Only the gramophone. Why really should you think I want to go to England? No, it's just... It's just this eternal rain. I'll be all right when it's over. Well, the rain's a... Darling, your health comes first. Oh, my health is perfect. You look pale. Then you're... I've never known you to be so solicitous, George. Why are you... Now, don't stay here out of duty to me, my dear. Oh, please. George, let's not talk about it anymore. Ah, I see. You see? Borneo, the jungle. It's captivated you. Won you completely. You couldn't bear to be away from it. That it? <laughs> England. Dreams of her rolling hills and green dells gone forever. Well, I wouldn't put it like that. I'd like to go home one day, but... Or is it something else? What? Something else that you... That you don't wish to leave at the moment. George, I assure you, it's merely the weather. Or someone else. Yes, that's it. <laughs> My goodness, of course. How could I have been so blind? <laughs> it's someone else. My poor little Rhoda. How oh, you must be George, suffering. I'm in no mood for play acting. I'm going to bed. Rhoda, please don't turn away. I'm talking to you. Rhoda? Rhoda? I said, please do not walk away. Your husband is talking to you. Tonight. I, I, I won't keep you long, like Angel, before. but there is something I think we ought to sort out. Well? My darling, I am going to ask you a question. I have a little um, suspicion, you see. Now, if I am wrong, I shall fall upon your feet and kiss them and be your slave forever and beg oh, you George, forgiveness. George, please, what is all... Are you having an affair with my partner, one Peter Macy? I'm sorry, darling, did I speak too softly? Perhaps you didn't hear me. I heard I you said, said, George, you must be mad. I have watched month after month. I have watched our worthy friend Macy become more openly amorous. I have seen secret glances. I, I have seen the way the looks uh, that have passed George, between you. The looks have become less and less. Less guarded. Neither of you even care anymore. You treat me like an imbecile. You're mad. Admit it, Rona. Admit no. It. Admit it. Leave me alone. I, I want to go to bed. Admit that you've been deceiving me with oh, Macy. George, this has gone too far. All right, I'll go Tell to Tell me. Yes, yes, yes. We're lovers, yes. been lovers for four months. Uh -huh. 
blithering and sublime little idiot, she admitted it was all true. And after the initial outburst, Thring took it like a lamb. In reality, he must have been burning mad, a mass of white-hot revenge. Unbeknown to either Rona or Peter Macy, he plotted his revenge. And it must surely go down in the annals of affairs such as this as one of the most diabolical ever contemplated. I feel like a new man. It's a lovely day today. I thought and you had flu. I took a Grandpa Headache Powder, and I'm worlds better. When colds and flu are about, Grandpa Headache Powders are what you need. Grandpa Headache Powders work fast because they dissolve almost immediately. Grandpa makes all those dreadful flu symptoms disappear quickly. So, whenever you're in pain, get fast relief. Get Grandpa Headache Powders. Ah, Grandpa. Just soak. Just soak in biotech. Stains, grass stains, collar and cuff stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt that washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. There came a lull before the storm. Fate played a hand. Macy went sick with malaria, really ill. And George Thring had to admit the necessity for Rona to nurse him practically night and day. Macy owed his recovery to her care. But even so, convalescence was a long job. In the end, Rona too crocked up through overwork. And Thring had them both on his hands. This was an opportunity better than he could have planned it. It separated the lovers and gave him complete control. The rains were over. The jungle had ceased wintering and spring was in the air. The young grass and vegetation were shooting into life, new life. Concurrently, all the creepy, crawly insect life of the jungle and plantation was young and vigorous and hungry, too. These facts gave the husband the germ of an idea which he was not slow to perfect. An idea as devilish as man could devise. In Borneo, there is a kind of a mammoth earwig. A thing as fine and gossamer as a spider's web. As long as a good-sized caterpillar. And it lives on waxy secretions. These are integral parts of some flowers and trees and lie buried deep in their recesses. It's one of the terrors of these tropics because it moves and rests so lightly on a human being that one is practically unconscious of it. And, like its English relation, it has... a decided liking for the human ear. It was a terrible plan to put the giant earwig in Macy's hair just above the ear. Once in his ear, 
It's a thousand to one chance against it ever coming out the same way. It would be impossible to turn. To back out would be an impossibility. And so, feeding as it goes, it would crawl right across inside the head. Surely the rains aren't coming back again, George, are they? I don't think I could bear it. No, 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 no. That's just the old storm having a last blow. It's all over. It's spring now. Oh. And that worry, sweetheart, it's all over. Oh, well, I must go and minister to our other patient. Don't you want to know how he is? How is he today? He should be pretty well recovered by now. Oh, he is. He is. <laughs> Said only yesterday he can't wait to get back to work. I must admit I shall be glad. There's a lot of work he's doing right now. This is the year when all our pains are awarded. I think I'll get up tomorrow, George. I can take some of the burden from you. Must have been awful for you having two invalids around the place. Well, don't mention it. Those closest to me are sick. What am I to do? Several days passed. Rona Thring began to nurse Macy in the last days of his recovery. It was late afternoon. Spring was really in, as they say. Borneo Spring. It'll be dark soon. The bats are about already. They're fruit bats, aren't they? I must light the lamps for you. But, uh, you care well for me, Rona. I wish I had you with me all the time. Oh, please, Peter, don't... Don't say anything else about all that. We must try and forget now, because... What's the matter? Peter, Peter, what is it? My head! My... My ear! Merciful heavens, my ear! That was the beginning. Rona did all she could, but there was nothing to see nothing to treat. Then for a while, Macy would be quiet, because the earwig was quiet. Then the vile thing would move or feed again, and... Spring <coughs> came each day to Macy's bungalow. He was very helpful. Yeah, drink this, old man. I think uh, this is the best way to take the drug. It's foul without water. Unbeknown to the wife, or the lover, of course, friend Thring had cast the dose of pain-relieving drug down the sink, and Macy was swallowing plain water. This way it dissolves, and you can't even see it. <laughs> George, we've got to get a doctor. I know, I know, but... Well, you know how many miles that is away. No, no, it's, it's okay. It's just can't. migraine. When I was a child, I used to have headaches. Wait. The doctor's too far. Miles and miles away. It's impossible. There's too much work here. George! George, we'll have to get the laborers. We'll have to be carried down to the coast to the dock. Rona, Rona, come here a minute. Darling, we can't. We can't lose him. The malaria and, and this thing, he, he's not strong enough. Not yet. The moment he's gained a bit more strength, we will. But I promise you, it'd kill him if we took him now. 
And so the work on the plantation went on. Rona nursed her former lover. Her husband went about the task of running the plantation. The laborers labored. The sun shone. And in the small darkened bungalow that was Macy's, its occupant lost weight and suffered the agonies of the damned. Gone now were all thoughts of love, illicit or otherwise. He could summon up no interest in the lovely, golden-haired woman who was constantly by his side. The drugs were having an effect, because, of course, when she administered them, she did the job properly. Strangely enough, Macy didn't connect the relief he felt when Rona gave him his drugs to a complete failure of those drugs when the husband played nursemaid. During the days that passed, an awful lot of creepy crawlies down the plantation drainage system must have died. Their supply of pain-killing medicine must have been near to running out, too, when the end came. Again, it was late afternoon. Dusk was just falling. Bats were flying about. And they were heavy with fruit returning home. Wish I could die. Too much. Too much. I can't take it any longer. Both Ring and Rona were present. Macy must have suffered an excruciating pain, followed by a period of quiescence. Then, feeling a slight tickling sensation on his cheek, he put up his hand to rub or scratch. His fingers came into contact with the earwig and its fine gossamer hairs. He naturally was curious and looked to see what he was holding. Slowly... He realized. What? What? What an escape! What? What an escape! I don't understand. What do you mean? Only Thring kept quiet. And that, of course, was a mistake. This silence worried Macy. Weak though he was. He looked from Rona to George Thring, and at the critical moment, George Thring could not meet his eyes. The truth was out. Macy threw the insect, now dead from the pressure of his fingers from him, tried to rise, and then fell back. <laughs> examined it. And from his pocket, he produced a magnifying glass he used daily for the inspection and detection of leaf disease on certain plants. As Rona watched, she saw the fear and disappointment leave her husband's face to be replaced by a look of cunning and evil satisfaction. Then, for the first time, he spoke. Macy. Macy looked up. Thring held up the earwig. This is dead now. As dead as my friendship for you. As dead as my love for that... that creature who was my wife. It's dead. Dead. But... it's a female. Do you get me? This earwig is a female. And a female lays eggs. And before I put it in your hair, it was... Mm -hmm.
You, uh, haven't touched your drink, Coco Man. Huh? Oh. 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 But, but what? I mean... Oh, there was nothing anyone could say or do. Friend Macy made to get up and then fainted. Rona ran screaming from the bungalow. Her husband followed, snatching as he went a long Borneo native's knife from the wall. He caught her and slashed her, marked her neck. She's got the scar to this day. I think I'll have another whiskey. But, Macy, I mean, what... Oh, he died, of course. No doctor could operate. The thing had laid eggs in his brain. Thring was tried for his murder. The wife, Rona, told everything to the authorities, but nothing was believed, of course. I mean, the story could never have happened, could it? She is a pretty wretched creature today. Her husband is hopelessly insane, so they say. Anyway, he's in the lunatic asylum for life. So, there it is. A waiter, two double whiskies and sodas, please. really stain-free, understand this. Biotex removes the stains and dirt washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Stains, grass stains, tiresome collar and cup stains, ingrained dirt, soil and grime. Out they all come and you don't stir a finger. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. Biotex with natural enzymes is the pre-wash powder with the most enzymes to give you extra pre-wash power. Absolutely no rubbing, no color loss, no fabric wear. Use it for cottons, silks, woolens, synthetics. Use it to make new again. Soaking in Biotex removes the stains and dirt, but washing won't. Just soak. Just soak in Biotex. In Beyond Midnight, next week, we're broadcasting The Room. This is a rather frightening tale in the great tradition of ghost stories. The room in question is in the north wing of a house owned by a certain Mrs. Watts. The house has been in her family for many years, and the room in the north wing has a very terrible reputation. No one who has spent a night there has been found in the same condition as they went in when the door is opened the next morning. A duke, a well-known ghost hunter and dabbler in the supernatural, slept in the yellow room, and the results were terrifying. Before the great window was blocked in, one poor inmate jumped to the ground below to his death. Mrs. Watts herself has never dared spend more than a few minutes there. But she's an old woman now, and by her own admittance, 
She can't bear the thought of dying without knowing just what it is that haunts a person who spends a night in the room. Consequently, she offers a thousand pounds. And Ronald Todd takes up the offer. The haunting of Ronald Todd is eerie and inexplicable. And at the very end of the story, there is a surprise which might anger and puzzle, but will certainly intrigue. Beyond Midnight is presented every Friday night at half past nine by Biotex, the new soak and pre-wash powder. The program is adapted for broadcasting and produced by Michael McCabe.